All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Caroline in the studio, and we're going to be talking a little bit about grit. So here we go. kept talking over the intro before it was done and I don't have the crossfade but Caroline hello hello <laughs> it's just you and me today again it's been a while I know uh fun story um the most downloaded and watched episode of the podcast was Tuesdays with Caroline number five because it was right before we took like that six month break of oh. moving into the building and then surviving the summer. Yeah. So like everybody that was being introduced to it was like that was the one that was the top one. That's really funny. <laughs> I so hope it, it was a good one. I think. I'm pretty sure that it was. I'll okay. have to go back and listen to it. I'm actually going through um, because as we are um, working through some of the CE content, I'm just re-listening to You're all the stuff. Curating your material. Well, <laughs> I am, but also we have um, one of the MSU students is actually working on it as well. So she's okay. like making the questions because I'm terrible at it because I'm I'm actually too close to the material. That makes sense. Um, so she's going and listening to it and just really giving the baseline stuff and mm. I'm kind of filling it out. But a part of that is like, well, what is actually like viable CE material? Right. Because how much of this is super, super internal and applicable? Yeah. Um, and how much isn't? And um, today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this book, which is okay. called Grit by Angela Duckworth. I will hold it up for those that are watching on YouTube. Um, I'll have the link in the description as well. I have not read this whole book. Okay. I'm only about a third of the way through it. Yes. But um, I was watching something on YouTube and this had come up. So I was like, sure, whatever. Okay. I'll buy it. I can't have too many books. I've read a lot. I was going to say, we, we share that in common. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so this one, the reason that it um, piqued my interest was... The concept behind the book is um, Angela Duckworth did a lot of research into what creates success outside of aptitude or like competence. And um, so far, um, the heavy focus of the book has been on West Point graduates and like, because getting into West Point is one of the hardest things that you can do. And there's actually some weird like similarities to like vet school. Interesting. Um, And then once, but the thing is, even though it's like one of the most arduous things to get into, you got to be like top of your class, like top 1%. Um, they still have like a 30 to 40% dropout rate, Okay. which I don't know what vet school dropout rates are, but I'm guessing. It depends on the school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, there's some sort of similarity yeah. here. Honestly, we had a professor in vet school that wanted Iowa State's graduating class to work like survivor and basically bring in a class of like a larger number of students than we would graduate with intentionally and like vote people off the island every year. But like, Like, but like who did the voting? (laughs) I think like the, like based on grades and like your successes. So, I mean, he, he was a researcher. So like he's very, very intelligent. I respect him highly. Like he was a fantastic professor, Mm -hmm. but yeah, his approach was very like cutthroat Mm -hmm. basically to, to get to like the cream of the crop. Like, yeah. How well do you do in vet school under pressure? Because obviously some people like 
get in and then can't handle it or, you know, like mm-hmm. don't do as well. But yeah. I feel like it would be a little bit of a disservice to some of the people who have better, like if you're lower in the like lower academically, but then yeah. you have other skill sets that are highly right. valuable. Right. Um, but it was just an interesting approach. I was like, Oh God, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I can't say that I would necessarily agree with that approach. Yeah. Um, I get where it's coming from. Right. Um, and there's definitely like, if you really want to put down that hard nosed approach, yeah. like there's a time and a place for it, I guess. But the idea of overwhelming the system at the onset, yeah. I think is where my, objections would lie yeah. right? because like there's only so many resources to go around and you're you might lose your all-star yes. if you're putting too many things into the system as yeah. well so um but what i wanted to do is mm-hmm. in this book um she had uh, it was it was a, the primary piece of her research was what she calls a grit scale okay now she defines uh, grits basically as like your ability to realize obstacles and power through them for okay. the sake of realizing the goal that you're actually uh, pointed at. Um, and that was actually the reason why I bought the book and why I'm pretty interested in it is um, I know for me, um, I describe myself as a hobbyist okay. where like I'll get like good enough at something and Uh then I'll be like well now it's like I've done a lot of it Uh but I'm not terribly interested in excelling at it gotcha so I'll just go to another thing okay (laughs) so I would define myself as not like very like just gut feeling not super high on the grit scale okay um now work is a similar thing where I've bounced around a little bit here and there but for um, you know, you and I come from pretty significantly different backgrounds, yeah. both family wise, but also, um, through work and school and all that right. sort of stuff. So I actually just wanted to go through the grit sure. scale with you and talk about some of the questions and kind of just see where this goes. Okay. I, I have, like I said, I've never taken this yes. before. Um, and we didn't talk about this for more than two seconds before we started this. So, um, I'm cool with that. I even printed it off and everything for those <laughs> that are listening. This is literally the most prepared we've ever been for a podcast (laughs) yeah i brought the book i had the book on my coffee table this morning i was like i can't forget that so um it's it is 10 or eight questions okay and the rating is basically um, very much like me all the way to not like me at all Mm -hmm. one to five um, and then in the book, there's like a key for like a scoring mechanism. And then it kind of puts you within a certain percentile of people. Okay. It's all like self-analysis. Yeah. So I'm not going to color your questions and you wouldn't color mine. Yeah. Um, go ahead. You sounded like you were going to say oh, something. Oh, I was just going to ask. So are we, are we like discussing each question or are we going to take it? And then discuss our answers. Honestly, I, I think we're going to end up stopping through these yeah, questions. That's, because that was my thought, too. I think it'll be a little bit easier that way to not get super lost in it. I have a yeah. feeling we're going to end up stopping because we are in a little bit of a time constraint. But, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's just let's just fire off here and okay. see where this goes. So, again, eight questions, uh, scale rating basically uh, one to five. Number one is going to be, as I forget to switch my camera, uh, new ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. So like the squirrel moment, right? Um, 
I know for me, I'm going to be like either very much or mostly like me because that's that idea of like, I'm in the middle of something. Ooh, but that looks fun. Yeah. Ooh, but that looks fun. Uh How do you do on that one? I would say yes, just because it uses the word sometimes. Okay. So for me, it's heavily dependent on how passionate, I know she uses the word passionate on the cover, so that's probably why I'm using it Mm because I read that, but Mm -hmm. like it depends on how passionate I am about something. So like I tend to get really excited about an idea and then if it goes nowhere or, or like I reach a barrier, it starts to be that, um, Oh, what's the, the economic on the, um, the disc scale on the values index, the values index. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it economic? The one that like you're in, like if you're putting more into it than you're getting out of it, if I start to get to that point, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this is not fun anymore. And then I move on to something else. The, the uh, ROI is the way that I like to, Oh yeah. Return on investment. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm relatively similar as well where like I, I really love the, um, number one, I, because I'm high eye and you and I share that is like, yeah. I really like to do things with people. Gotcha. Um, and if, if I have somebody that's challenging me and I get to challenge them and it's like kind of that constant, gotcha, like perpetuation forward of even like just competitiveness. Yeah. Um, I tend to get bored less like more slowly, I should say. But I think that's the big thing for me is like, I get bored, especially if I'm out by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the first one I think. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we'll be similar. Yeah. Um, number two is setbacks. Don't discourage me. So I got to watch your double negative Mm -hmm. there, but, um, for setbacks, I personally don't have as big of a problem with that when I'm like, I grew up, um, playing sports primarily like baseball. And I learned from a young age that like, I'm going to hit 200 in life, yeah, (laughs) which is good enough to just keep going. Right. You're above the, uh, for those that aren't aware of what the Mendoza line is, I don't even know who Mendoza is, but if you play professional baseball, you got to hit better than 200 to be on a starting roster. But, uh, (laughs) it's the Mendoza line. It's, it's a whole thing, but you're still in that you're failing eight times out of 10. Right. Okay. The hall of fame, you know, you've got guys that fail seven and seven times out of, out of 10. So, um, I've always kind of had that mindset. Um, you know, for, for yourself, how do you kind of deal with set like that true, like yeah. I tried and I fell. How do I, how do I handle this now? See, this one is interesting to me because I have characterized myself in the past as somebody who gives up on things easily. Mm-hmm. So like as a kid, my parents put me in. So like I took like ballet and dance mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause like my friends were in it and I took it. I got to like whatever level two where they start teaching you like actual point ballet. And I was like, fuck this. It's <laughs> like, this is terrible. Like I got to like the first class where it was actual work. I yeah. mean, granted I was probably like eight or 10. Right. Right. I was young, but still I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This mm-hmm. sounds terrible. Yeah. And then like fast forward to me now doing CrossFit, like all I do is fail. <laughs> But I still do it because I have this like sick satisfaction of like, it's still fun for me. Mm -hmm. And like, similarly, like I would, uh, I would also put like tattoos in that category too, sort of, because it's like anyone who's gotten a tattoo knows that like, it's not a pleasant experience, Mm -hmm. but somehow like I'm one of those people who like you keep doing it because Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know why 
it's not, like I said, it's not pleasant. So like I, it, that one's hard for me because I don't know what it is about the particular thing where some things I am discouraged from doing them by mm-hmm. setbacks fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And then other things I'm like stubborn AF about it. Yeah. I'm like, nope, I'm going to do this even if it kills me. Mm-hmm. Do you think a part of that is like your psyche or your subconscious, mm-hmm. like telling you to get out of something that you're bored in? Probably. I mean, that would make the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like, it goes back to that whole, like what version of yourself do you like feed into? Like mm-hmm. what, cause obviously the things you choose to do and spend your time doing, like emphasize who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And so it's like putting more votes in the category of like who you, who you want yourself to be. So mm-hmm. like, apparently as a child, I didn't want to be a ballerina. <laughs> I was like, nope, not into it. But as a fair comparison, you have spent hours and hours and hours in your traditional German dancing stuff. Correct. Which is of a similar category Correct. because it's still a challenging method of, you know, dancing and yeah. doing similar actions. Yes. Um, but you haven't bailed on that one. And in fact, that Correct. was one of the biggest barriers to so, you potentially coming over here is losing that. Yes. So how do you kind of like it? What is the difference? Obviously there's yeah. a significant age gap between those two things, but clearly one was more interesting yeah. and then you became stubborn within it. The other was like, eh, I don't yeah. really, I don't act actually care about this so maybe you're just kind of like you're when you are um convinced that you're going to see a project through Mm -hmm. in in whether or not you can say it for yourself or you even know when you realize those setbacks if you're if you're tendency is to be like well f it yeah maybe you weren't supposed to be doing it in the first place yeah that's probably accurate because it kind of comes back to that habits book i was reading um Mm -hmm. where he talks about yeah like once you start to label yourself as i am a german dancer Mm -hmm. i am a crossfitter i am whatever then you are going to push through those barriers more frequently to try and keep up those habits Mm -hmm. and like keep putting votes in that box for those things because you view yourself that way. Right. So me as a child, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to be a ballerina. Like I'd rather (laughs) do something else. And like, even I guess vet school falls into that category too, because I decided when I was in seventh grade that I wanted to go to vet school Mm -hmm. and pretty much everything else like desert horizon. Yeah beyond that. I never really like questioned it. Hmm. Um, even though I had like very, I was very passionate about things outside of vet med. Like I, I told Katie the other day, or she posted something on Facebook about the arts Mm -hmm. and I was like, yep, minored in theater Mm -hmm. because I just loved doing it. Not because I literally never saw myself like having a career in that field but I just really enjoyed it. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just take another extra 135 credit hours. What I probably wasn't that much, but it was significant to get the minor. Yeah. So that's interesting. I I'm similar, but like the other side of it, because, um, when I was in undergraduate, I needed a lab class Oh. and I could have taken geology 101, but I took physics like 300 or something like that, (laughs) which was the calculus based, like, (laughs) That I want to die a bold strategy. 
<laughs> and it was the hardest. Like, I suck at calculus. Yeah. It doesn't, like, three-dimensional thinking with actual numbers and all that makes zero sense to me. Yeah. And that was the biggest challenge of my entire collegiate career. And I use literally zero yes. of it now. <laughs> but I loved it. Like, I really, I loved the class. It was a fun challenge. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that it, it didn't necessarily turn into anything. Yeah. But I think I, I think I also learned a lot from it in just, like, being able to, because it, it was actually probably the hardest I'd ever studied. Okay. It was maybe the thing that I learned the best out of it because I actually... I, I, I don't know. I never really had to study through school. Yeah. And then in that class, like if I didn't put in like three to four hours, like right. a week, which on one class for me was a lot. Yeah. Like that does, probably doesn't sound like a lot if you're in vet school right now. Cause depends that's like a on day. Who you are. Yeah. It depends on who you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was where I learned like the concept of like, okay, you actually have to start from square one here yeah. then, and just go and, and go step by step because you can't jump to the end and fill in the gaps in between point A and point E or whatever yeah. it is. So, um, so see, this is a tricky so yeah, one. Yeah, how do you answer that one? For me, I, it, it's mostly like me. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. I would say when I am stubborn, I'm like really stubborn about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so number three. Um, I have been obsessed with a certain idea or project for a short time, but later lost interest. And I love that there's a caveat. There is an asterisk on this one. I think it's just, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Okay. Um, the grading mechanism is on Secret. the back. Uh, there's a couple. Um, oh, I know what it is. It's a part of the grading scale. Okay. It marks your questions for you because they flip around a little bit. Okay. It's intentionally meant to confuse you, but... Um, I would say yeah. very much like me. Yeah, I, dude, yeah. I'm the same thing. Yeah. Like I'll like dive into something like yeah. super hard and then like two months later I'm like, I don't want to have uh -huh. anything to do with this anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess like, do you have a specific like example that you can think of? Um as I get an email. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm trying to think of like I think of it more so with like my interest in more like the hobby type mm -hmm. things. I, my first thought is like movies and like books and stuff that I've read. Mm -hmm. Like I'll read a book, even just like a, a fantasy novel or something. And I'm like all about it after mm -hmm. I read it. And mm -hmm. then I like, as it sort of fades off or I find something else, I'm like, okay, great. Like I, yeah. I have a new favorite book this month or yeah. whatever. And so, yeah, I feel like Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for me, one of the interesting things here is because I, I really like to dabble in sports and to do okay. different things because I can get like okay at a lot of things but never really like great. Yeah. And a part of it is amplified by weather. But for me, this is like every like May with golf. Okay. Like I'll go and I'll golf like three times a week in the month of May. Uh -huh. And then I won't think about it for three months. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'll do enough to get good enough for like actually golfing for a whole season. Yeah. And then I'll just stop because I just go off and do something else. I guess. Yeah. I kind of was like that with in vet school. I took up Krav Maga for oh, nice. fun yeah. for yeah. a little while mm -hmm. until I found CrossFit. Yeah. And I was all about it for yeah. a while and then I found something that I liked more. So I stopped doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. Cause it's something too that like, um, actually the thing that I think 
I find the hardest about that tendency, um, and you might relate to this because of the high I and being relatively people focused, is um, when I get really in deep so- with something like that uh, in a social setting, because uh-huh. I make friends really fast. Well, and then I feel like I'm like super committed to it, not because oh. I'm actually interested in it anymore, because but of because the of the group. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually. Um, that was a big reason why I wanted to like read this book because I was like, maybe later in, hopefully there is um, like a way to like handle that Gotcha. because you, like a part of it is you have to explore different, you know, areas yeah. of life, but how do you like actually prioritize and then kind of just be okay with like yeah. losing things? Yeah. I've actually found that with jobs yeah. for me. Like yep. one of the things that makes it the hardest for me to leave a job is the people. Yeah. Like I make friends there and then like, I know in the back of my mind that we're going to end up like kind of losing touch or whatever. Cause it's just hard to maintain that mm-hmm. many like relationships, especially yeah. at a distance. Yep. Um, California is probably the best example that I have for that because mm-hmm. I did make friends when I was there and there's people that like, it was, honestly, it was kind of a shitty time in my life. And so like people that like really helped me out during that time that I like don't really talk to anymore. Yeah. Like I send, I send them a Christmas card. <laughs> I send them a Christmas card every year. So that's like me try, yeah. <laughs> trying to like hang on. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I like, you always make the joke of like, oh yeah, like I'll totally come back and like visit and see yeah. you and we'll hang out. But it's like, yeah. you never have a reason to no. go back to it. No. So it's the same thing with these like activities and stuff too. You, mm-hmm. yeah. I think for us just being eyes, it's harder. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I like, that's probably like, um, one of the things why I have like this gut, like desire to just remove myself from the internet because mm. there's, because it's also one of those things that, I have a lot of friends on Facebook that are like that, where like okay. I knew you five years ago and we right. worked together and we were like really good friends at work, yeah. like a work bestie, if yeah. you will. And, and then once that bucket doesn't exist, it's like, uh-huh. I just kind it of It goes forgot. back to the, like, it's, it's hard to, it goes back, it circles back to this like return on investment. Like mm-hmm. it gets to be so hard to fill that bucket yeah. and you're like, Ugh. yeah. I got, I got other, I got other, I got other places to be. Yeah. I got a different job and I got a different work friend. Yes. And you have a family and right. you have a kid. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to number four, this will be an interesting one because mm-hmm. uh, we've actually um, disparaged this statement on the podcast I, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am a hard worker. Right. Um, now, like a part of it is like naturally, I think that we are going to color this question one way because I know. we understand how it plays into the drama dynamic. Yeah. But I think the intention of the question is like, how do you actually perceive your ability to put your nose to the grind yeah. and like just just work your way through it? Yeah. Like how hard can do you believe you can actually yeah. work? I do feel like I kind of have a toxic, like I I would put myself pretty high on this scale Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing Mm -hmm. because I, my mom used to make the joke when I was in college that if I found 15 minutes in my day, I'd find something else to do. Like I'd find a new hobby and I tend to run myself ragged with Mm -hmm. too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't think it's. I don't know the reason why I don't know if I'm constantly trying to prove myself if it falls into that like perfectionist thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, it is a little bit of like a toxic relationship with 
I place value in my look how much I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just me like doing it, like it doesn't necessarily have to be acknowledged by other people. But like I said, people have made comments to me about it. Mm -hmm. But like when you're in the middle of something like a project or mm -hmm. work or whatever that might be like, um, how, how, like, I think this is Mm -hmm. more like, how do you, how hard do you see like your ability to just like hone in on it and just get as much done as possible within the confines of where you Mm. are. Right. Mm -hmm. So like for me, um, I actually think I'm, I, I, I have the ability to work my ass off. Yeah. Um, and then when I, especially when I'm within the context of not being bored, (laughs) and that's like kind of how these things play together in my head is like, for me, um, you know, when I'm really invested in something or I identify that there is a substantial need for me to fulfill the gap, like it's hard for me to not put everything that I have into it. So like this last summer when I was here, the whole freaking time yeah or um you know like with carlo you know he's he's literally like running the floor scrubber yeah while (laughs) like there's just it's just got to get done right Right. like i actually i don't think that i actually have much of a barrier to that um and actually you know i know that carlo has told me in the past like hey man you gotta leave yeah and i I think he does we're actually blessed with a lot of people that work here that are of a similar mindset yeah so i think we might even take it for granted a little bit um but yeah like for me that's going to be relatively high. I'm yeah. going to, I would even put that's mostly like me with the caveat of like, if I get bored, right. I'm probably not going to work that hard. Yeah. On it. Yeah. No, that's true. Or like if I'm feeling burned out, like I will see, actually, no, I, my, my gut instinct was to put very much yeah. like me. So I'm yep. going to put go, that, go with the gut. Yep. So, because yeah, like I will, <laughs> the other, the other thought that popped into my head was the time that I went out to do a calving on a down heifer mm-hmm. in like the corner of an ancient tie stall barn <laughs> and the guy, I don't even know how long I was there trying to get the calf out of this heifer. I think I did. I think it was successful, but he was like, you just don't stop. Do you like, he was like amazed that this like tiny thing. Mm-hmm. Cause Oh yeah, you, you, yeah. You don't you don't look like a large animal vet, right? Yeah, and a lot of the honestly, like a lot of the farmers that I worked with are getting to be of a certain age and yeah. have back problems and hip problems and shoulder problems, and so like there's some that really can't help you physically that much with. I don't know how they do their daily tasks, right. if I'm honest, but yep. help you that much with a calving. Mm-hmm. And so like I did a lot of it on my own, and I just remember like the like the look on his face when I left. He was like, "Damn girl." <laughs> Yeah. So I would, I would, yes. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, you know, the gut feeling on this is probably more important than like the over and analyzed version. Yeah. Um, all right. We're halfway there. I know. Um, number five, I often set a, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get a copyright infringement. No, just watch. Uh, I often, number five, I often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one. Um, I think you already kind of alluded yeah. to this one where it's like, well, I've, ar- I've pretty much had the goal the whole time yeah. um, and really haven't wavered off of that all that much. I mean, this could be, you know, for you, how do you kind of answer that one? Yeah, this is the other one that I wish it said sometimes because mm. it like heavily depends on 
on what the goal is. I would say mostly like me because yeah, there are some goals like vet school that I just don't like, don't like ever give up on it. Like I said, Mm. to kind of to almost to my detriment or you like question it later. Like, why did I do that? Because Mm -hmm. it maybe wasn't the best idea. Um, but like when you were, I think you're, I think I don't, I want to make sure you watch your, um, phrasing okay. there. Cause I think what you, there might be a part of it that's double negative. Okay. I think what you're saying is it's not much like you. Cause like when you got into oh. vet school, you did not choose to pursue a different goal. Correct. Like yes. You, you didn't waver yeah. on that very much. Um, there may, yeah, you're you know, correct. So yeah, it would probably be not much like me. Yep. yep. For, for myself, especially like in that undergraduate phase, I, I didn't actually declare a major until like my third and a half year of undergraduate. Cause like I just did all the things yeah, and then just like fell into marketing. Cause I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. So yeah. I'm going to do the thing that can happen everywhere True. and then learn nothing that was actually <laughs> useful. But, um, yeah, for me, um, this has been something that like I, I would I am actually gonna put myself like right in the middle because um like my goals have actually kind of found me, which has been an interesting way of living. Yeah. Um where I, I can you know, in hindsight I can see the connections of the way that kind of life events have brought me to the place that I am. And yeah. I, I like really love where I'm at, but I would have never told you I was yeah. gonna be he- sitting in this chair five yeah. years ago. You know what's funny though? Now that you say that, I mm-hmm. do think about my trajectory from being dairy vet to this. Yeah. I do think I was dragged there, kicking and screaming. Into dairy? No, into like where I am now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I probably would still leave it as not much like me because yeah. I think that it's like what Riolo and I were talking about when I, a couple of Tuesdays with Carolines ago, mm-hmm. where it took me a long time to be okay with the fact that I was giving up on my goal of being a successful dairy vet. Like I saw the writing on the wall for so long, Mm -hmm. but I was stubborn about it. Mm -hmm. So I think even though actually my goal did change significantly, (laughs) like I said, I was kind of dragged there kicking and screaming. (laughs) So yeah. But like now I, and I think it's a little bit of a highlight actually more into, I would say it actually, would push you further into that much, not much like me yeah. because you wanted to see something beyond like the, the realm of like, okay. Yeah. Like, like yep. It's hard. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's harder. Yeah. It's really hard. And, but yeah. I'm still going to, I'm still yeah. you know, going to make this happen. And, yeah. And you know, like other extenuating variables are, you know, they, they, they led you out of it basically. Yeah. And now now that it's shifted, I think you're still of a similar mindset, but in a different setting. Yeah. Where it's like, well, now, now I'm going to, now the goal has changed a little bit, right. but I'm going to see it through as hard as I can. And I'm yeah. like, you're not necessarily looking elsewhere Correct. right now. Correct. So, um, yeah, it's life gets in the way a little bit, I think is maybe be a better way of putting that. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, number, that was number five. So then we get to number six. I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. Mm. I am awful about this. <laughs> like, um, now, number one, I know, actually, um, when, 
Bree was in here uh-huh. uh, a couple podcasts ago, I had mentioned this, um, where I don't actually set my sights out that far anymore. Okay. So um, when I was, I think it was like right around my last year of college or something like that, or maybe right recent, like right after I graduated, I learned that um, some people think in terms of goals, like mm-hmm. like far out, like yeah. I'm just gonna get through the forest and there's gonna it's gonna be great at the other side. And some people have to focus more on process. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm a I'm very much like a process person of like I have to be in a setting where somebody's gonna kind of point me a little bit. I okay. don't. I'm not great at the supervisionary type thing. Okay. Um, and because of what I learned when I tried to do that. I would take on way too much stuff. Yeah. And then I would just flounder because I'm trying to do too many things. Yeah. Whereas now um, that I can point myself in a direction, I don't set my sights out a month, two, three months ahead. Yeah. It's like, how? what am I going to do this week? Right. And then the, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm in a setting that I can, like, I know where I'm pointed because right. somebody pointed me that way. Yeah. So in the event that I have a, a project that's going to take a few months awful about it. Yeah. But I don't set myself up for that anymore either so that I can kind of maintain that forward progress. How do you, how do you handle that one? I'm kind of struggling with this one because I, I'm trying to think of an example, mm-hmm. I think. And it's hard because most of the things I'm coming up with are not like define project. Yeah. My first, one of my first thoughts was honestly my wedding. <laughs> Cause yeah. Cause yeah. that shit took like over a year yeah. to plan yep. and I did not want any part of it. If mm-hmm. I'm honest, like yeah. I, my, actually my mom was, would have been the one pointing me in the direction and mm-hmm. like kind of keeping me on track because mm-hmm. I just was like, Oh, it's so much work and I don't want to do it. But I don't know if that, that's kind of a different, but like how distracted would you get? Like how often would you find yourself? Like, I know that I have maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a better way of thinking about this one is how hard do you procrastinate? Like if oh. you know, you have like a three month deadline, yes. like, and then you do it all in the three days before the deadline that like I, yeah, I yes. put the pro in procrastinate for yes. sure. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's, I'll have to maybe look at this question a little bit further. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll circle back to it, but I would say mostly like me because I yeah. I agree with you that I have trouble unless I set like imminent deadlines for myself. And that's what I had to do with the wedding. Like mm-hmm. we broke it down as like, this has to be done by this day. Yep. This has to be done by this day. And then, yeah, I would end up doing it like two weeks after, yeah. <laughs> after the deadline I had given myself. Like, oh crap, I probably should actually do that now. Yep. Yeah, so. that's that's so hard for in like I, I um you know, in previous jobs and that sort of stuff, I've had to... I've had to like make real deadlines for myself, even yeah. though I knew that they were BS. And sometimes I would still even burn past them because like I knew that they were bullshit. Right. Like I had set myself up this way. Right. Yeah. And I just still wouldn't do it. But yeah. I, I've gotten better about that. And, you know, with the way in which I think about that sort of stuff has really helped as well. But yeah, but yeah really, really good at the procrastination when I have to yes. be. Um, all right. Number seven, I finish whatever I begin. How do you do with that one? I'm going to be somewhere in the middle. I would say I'm, it's either mostly like me or somewhat like me Okay. because again, it's heavily dependent on what it is you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm very quick to give up on things that don't matter mm-hmm. or that I determine are not valuable mm-hmm. to me. 
but then other things, like I said, I would probably kill myself before giving up on it. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I, I guess uh, that I think a part of that too is alluding a little bit more to what we were talking about before. Yeah. It's like that experimentation phase. Right. And then like, I maybe, maybe that's the, the right way of thinking about it. Like, do you here here, would you define that first bit of like dipping your toe in the water as, as beginning, beginning something? something for me? I don't mm-hmm. like, I got to know what right. it, I, I got to define what this thing is a little bit before yeah. I consider myself actually getting into it. Gotcha. Yeah. Then I would say it's mostly like me Yeah. because yeah, there's things it's like, okay, we're just beating a dead horse at this point, but okay. For, yeah, for me, um, I, I guess like I'm pretty good at the, uh, the mid project bail. Okay. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not great at this one actually. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would put not much like me Okay. because, um, I, I'm, I'm actually, uh, really good at getting like 90% of the way done. Gotcha. And then just stopping. Okay. Nope. I wouldn't. Nope. There's a level and I, and I know why I do it's 100% out of fear. Okay. Because once, once the period is put at the end of the sentence, like it's ready to be judged. Yeah. And I know that I've got like this, uh, barrier or defense mechanism that doesn't like, doesn't like going through that process. Gotcha. Um, so I'm notorious for that. If I, if if Jen listens to this, she'll be like, yes, he absolutely (laughs) does that. That's interesting because I, for certain things, I'm almost the opposite Mm -hmm. where I, as I get close to the end of a project, I get really excited about Mm -hmm. sharing it with other people. Yeah. And being like, look at this thing that I did. Yeah. Um, like uh, some of the examples I'm thinking of are from pretty far back, like even like high school and, mm-hmm. and undergrad and stuff. But yeah, like I will nose grind because I'm, I'm like proud. Like I know that I did a good job. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah for like, um, cause it, uh, in less than a month, is the one year anniversary of moving in here. Right. So rather than doing uh, an event because there's still a pandemic, um, we're just going to do like a, an anniversary like video and I'm I'm like 75% of the way done Mm. with it. And uh, one thing is I'm waiting on Carlo to do an interview. So like there's that part of it, but I know that I'm going to get to that like last edited, like, rough draft uh-huh. and I'm going to be like, this isn't good enough. I gotta, I gotta try again. <laughs> I feel like I need to share with you all of my old student news videos now. Oh yes. 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 You From do. high school. You 100% do. <laughs> Are they on the internet? No, they should be, but I have them. Oh, now I'm excited. Now I, I'm really and see, excited. and I'm like, I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even embarrassed if you yeah. do save them or yeah. like if you were to share them yeah. because I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's an old video, but I'm still pretty proud of it. Like, I think they're funny. When, when I was <laughs> when I was in high school, actually, I was I I think I had a dream about this the other day, or just thinking about it, or something that I was in broadcast class in high school. Okay. And I'm like that. The idea of any of that being posted to the internet <laughs> makes me cringe so hard. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. So I like how we're different on this yes. one. <laughs> Um, number eight, last question. I am diligent. I think we already talked about this yeah. one a little bit. Like I, um, me, 
I'm not. I this is another one that I'm torn because it's like beating a dead horse, but I also have ADD. Yeah. So I think mostly like me because I do need to take like those brain breaks and like, I try to like be very productive and then I'm like, okay, I gotta like walk. I just gotta like stare at my phone or something mm-hmm. for five minutes or, mm-hmm. oh, like cleaning my house this past week to try and freaking get it on the market and sell it. I yeah. like clean, 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 clean. And then I just had to like lay on the couch for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely atrocious in diligence. Like, like I yeah. said, I, I put the pro in procrastination. Yeah. Like, um, I, uh, but you're very diligent in that, like three hours leading up to the deadline. Dude, the, we did. <laughs> um, so part of, uh, new website is making videos and, yeah. and I uh, trying to, um, just get down what all of our tier one stuff is from yeah. like company stuff, paw stuff. And then also now we're getting into some of the role stuff. Yeah. Um, I had a, a, a arbitrary deadline because technically it doesn't have to be done, but I was yeah. like, I'm getting this done this day. And it was a Friday night. Um, I had like one video that I had to still produce with Carlo, maybe two. We go downstairs Get it oh, done. I was working that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was here all night long. Yeah. I uh-huh. stay, I was up until six o'clock in the morning editing videos <laughs> and lining up sound and making subtitles and all the stuff. And, and like, I absolutely wore myself to the ground yeah. that day. Um, and because I didn't do it the week, the whole week yeah. previous. So, right. Um, pro. Pro. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that we got through all of these. Um, so we'll, we'll go through, um, the results after I have a chance to like actually put them together and do the math. Cause you're almost nearing the point of having to be on the floor. Yes. But the concept here is, um, so eight questions Four are, they're kind of flipped and I'll show you the, they, they reordered them. Oh, okay. Um, so you'll see like in the book, like mostly like me mm-hmm. is like four verse and on some questions it's or mostly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's intentionally like kind of misleading and makes you think about it a little bit. Yeah. But, um, so we you, can talk about our results. We're going to talk about the results yeah. next time and see where we rank on the grit scale from a one point to a five points. Yeah. Um, obviously neither of us are going to be five points because we didn't lean that hard one yeah. way or the other. And then kind of circle back on how that matches up with, um, career success. And I'll have a little bit more context cause I'll be able to read the book a little bit more between now and then as well. Um, but, uh, I'm also going to put the uh, link to this grit scale in the description. Yeah. So if anybody else wants to take it, um, they can do so. And then there's a little bit more context for those that are curious what it might mean and kind of how it can help improve their professional or personal life. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to go over all of that. But you have to go like do your actual job. Now. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like, it's that other thing that you have to do around yeah, the podcast. Stuff. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in guys. We will see you next week. Okay.